some people may say, I'm an introvert, this is a weakness, I can't be a salesperson. And you're saying that is one of your strengths. And that's been one of the things that's helped you stand apart. Exactly, it's a strength. So no need to feel sorry for yourself or feel that you can't do it or wish you were different. You can do it just as you are and be very successful. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, recording in progress, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui. I think this is going to be a really fun interview uh, for all of you listeners out here. The guest I'm about to introduce, the part of his tagline and part of what he put on his application to come on the show is that introverts can be great real estate agents too. You know, we have so many people that come on the show and talk about knocking on doors and calling and like just going face to face and really being out there. And I'm so curious to hear about Barry's success and how he has done it, doing it a little bit different. So I'm about to introduce you to Barry Karch. He is a real estate agent from El Paso with Barry at therealestateunsalesperson.com. Barry, thanks for joining. Hey, Aaron, thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So the so you've been doing real estate out in El Paso. How long have you been doing real estate out, out there? I've been doing it a long time. I've been, the years go by fast. I've been doing it 36 years now. 36 years. Yes, the, sir. Wow. So as if we try to really time that out, I'm going 90. 85, I started. 85, man, <laughs> my math was way off. So you have, you were a real estate agent during all sorts of times of, I mean, when you first were an agent, uh, interest rates were like 15% or something like that. Am I understand? Am I remembering that right? You're close. They were, they had just fallen into single digits for the first time in a long time. They hit nine and a half and we were all so excited and thought that was just incredible. Dude, I remember my dad celebrating that they were under 10%, yeah. <laughs> like nine and a half percent interest rates. The, uh, he was a developer and a real estate guy and it is hard to, uh, Man, if people could do well in real estate back then, there should be a no-brainer now. It is uh, interest rates are much lower, much easier. So where, why did you decide to become a real estate agent? Well, uh, Aaron, a good question. I, I always think of myself kind of as an accidental realtor. It really wasn't a plan. Um, I, went to, I went to college at University of Texas at Austin, mm -hmm. and I was, a, I was a good student there. I got A's and everything, but... I didn't really have a passion for anything when I was young. And I'm so jealous of people that really knew which, which direction they wanted to go into. I didn't. So um, my parents had a real estate company in El Paso and they did quite well. And not knowing what I wanted to do, I decided, well, I guess I'll just follow their footsteps and go into real estate. So I just went into it because I didn't know what else to do. Not because I had a passion for it, although I did grow to love the business uh, throughout my career in it. Wow. So the, so afterward, were you like, wow, I, I, I wasted four years going to college or was it the, hey, I'm glad I got that experience or have you used your degree in real estate, do you feel like? You know, it doesn't really help too much, to be honest with you, in the, the real world. I learned a few things. Uh, one of the classes I had there was called business communications 
Yeah. And I hated it at the time I took it. And I gave the professor a bad review. And I always regretted that ever since because he taught me how to write or um, present from another, the other, the client's point of view. So that was one thing I learned. But other than that, no, the college education did not help me in my real estate career at all. The, what a cool class though that in hindsight, you're like, man, it actually helped me. You know, I went to college also the, I went to a few different colleges and there were some classes that, that stuck out and really helped me as a real estate investor and as a you know, processing real estate, but not all of them. It is funny. One of the things we like to say about real estate is one of the things I like to talk about is it has a low barrier to entry. You don't necessarily need a degree to get there. Right. But I was like you too. When I graduated from high school, I was kind of a, you know, I was a really good student, but I didn't know what I wanted to be. And you're supposed to at 19, choose your degree right. to know what you're supposed to be for the rest of your life. And so I think it's super common for people to change their mind, especially from 19 to 22, 23. I think it's common for someone that's 30 to change their mind or common that someone that's 40 to change their mind. It's never too late to, to change careers and get going with something. But the, um, but what an interesting time. So you're out in Austin. And I tell my daughters too, like, if you want to be a doctor, go to college. Or if you want to go have the experience, go to college. But, the, but for the best career for you, you probably don't need it necessarily. But it is a fun experience. Man, there's nothing like when I was living down in San Luis Obispo, the Central Coast, man, I had a great experience there. So you followed in your parents' footsteps. At first, you were like, all right, I'm just kind of doing this. How did you succeed in real estate at the beginning when you didn't really love it yet? Well, I am a driven person. I'm very driven. So I was willing to do what it takes to be successful. And I did enjoy being with people, meeting different people and getting the opportunity to be out of the office and not sitting behind a desk all day long. So there were a lot of things I did enjoy about it. So um, it's not that I, I didn't enjoy it. I did, I did enjoy the career pretty much from the beginning. It just okay. wasn't something I had ever planned on doing wasn't on the list. What, <laughs> no. what do you wish you would have known? Like I mean, 36 years, you've been doing it for a long time. What do you wish you would have known those first few years that you know now? Oh, there's so much. Um, I wish one of the big things is I wish I had invested more in myself and my career. I was re reluctant to do that for a long time. Uh, that's one thing. Another thing is I wish I'd kept in better contact with my past clients in the early years. That's something, again, I got better at later on in my career, but those were a couple of the things I wish I knew from the beginning. Yeah. Those are two great, great tips, right? Like later being able to realize like uh, those, the people that you were, you sold them a house. I had these a few different times where we sold someone a house and a few late, a few years later, we saw that they sold the house, but they used somebody else as an agent. Yeah. Like what? Why wouldn't they automatically ask us? And they were like, we just thought you were too busy, right? Or we thought that you didn't do that, right? There were so many reasons why that would happen. And you'd go like, oh, if I would have just kept in better touch. Did you have some experiences like that? Oh, sure. I think we all do. And it hurts when you sell somebody a house and you look in the MLS and you see it's listed with somebody else. But um, I, I read uh, once that most people cannot remember the name of their realtor or even the company they work for after six months. So if you don't keep in touch with them, they're going to forget who you are. You can't just take it for granted. They're going to call you to, to sell when the time is right. Dude, that's just, that's such a great soundbite right there. The, that is the, the one, like people will forget six months later. You think that they won't, but they, but people are busy. And even though mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest things ever that they've ever done, like it just depends on the experience. The first thing you said is you wish you would have invested in yourself and in your career sooner. What do you mean? 
in the early days, whenever I made money, I was afraid to give it up for anything. I guess I was hoarding it. I guess I was hoarding it for bad times or if uh, sales were slow. So I wish I had invested more in training. There wasn't so much coaching then, but coaching when it became available, just in personal development and growth. I wish I'd invested more in that when I started out. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I wanna sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for 220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. How many transactions did you do last year? Last year, okay, let me... uh... I've been doing about 80 to 100 every year, except for last year. Once COVID hit, I did, I did scale back quite a bit, so uh, intentionally. So last year, I probably hit about 50, but that was because I wasn't getting out there as much on purpose and trying to be uh, uh, pushing it as much. Man, I really appreciate so much of your story so far, even before we get into some of that introvert part, because, because so many of the guests that we've had on have just had an incredible 2020. And I know that so many of our listeners didn't, right? I know so many of our listeners didn't hit record yeah. in the last year yeah. because of similar situations to yours. So I'd like to take that. So you did, you did 80 the year before, you scaled back when COVID hit. And was that just kind of less showings? Was that just hanging out more at home? Was that less people were buying in, in, out in El Paso? Did demand go up? Did it go down? What was your local market like? Uh, demand went up tremendously, like most places. It, the reason was uh, twofold. Number one, when COVID first hit, I wasn't as anxious to be around people as much as before. And you know, after 30 some odd years in real estate, I realized I didn't have to. I was in a good enough financial position that I didn't need to be out there as much. So that number one. And number two, it was such a crazy seller's market and still is that I've been focusing on listings but I wasn't so anxious to be working with buyers during this market and having to write offers and competing against 10, 15 other buyers on the same house. So um, I decided I would focus more on sellers and I, I really did not do much showing at all. Man, Barry, I love your story. The, like, the, the world got weird. The world got crazy. Things changed. And you were like, you know what? I'm only 
you've been doing this for a long enough time. You were successful in your business. You said, I'm only going to do the stuff I want to do. I'm only going to do the stuff right now that makes me comfortable. I'm only going to like, yes, like if it is a strong seller's market and if you're representing buyers, you're going to have to write 10 times as many offers. Exactly. Like if that's your only niche, go do it. But you're saying it wasn't your only niche. And so you would rather do less deals and not have to deal with it. And you still did 50 deals. I think that's great. So average price out there, what is it? Our average price is about 225000 And is, that, is there a lot of new construction project product out there? Or is it older houses? Are people are building out in, out in El Paso? There was a lot of new construction until the last year or so. And that has pretty much dried up. There's not that much new construction right now. And then El Paso, where you're at, is it's, it's right. When I was driving through El Paso, it was you take a left. It was like, take a left here, you're in Mexico. Exactly. Take a right and you're not. And it's it's a fascinating place as I was, the first time I went out there, I couldn't wait to bring my family back on our road trip, driving through the RV, with our RV. Because as you're driving on the freeway, there's a wall, there's a fence, and there's Mexico on the other side. Like It's, a, it's 100 feet, right? Mm-hmm. Houses in Mexico. Um, does that impact the real estate market there at all? And did closed borders, open borders, did any of the craziness of COVID uh, impact the real estate market in a negative way out there? It really didn't. El Paso did quite well, uh, like most places did. We do have a lot of buyers from Mexico, so it did impact that a bit. But all in all, the market was extremely strong. There was a, like everywhere, there's a shortage of inventory and homes are selling immediately. Yeah, it is. It is such a fascinating city. The uh, you know for a lot of different reasons, and I was amazed by uh, different areas where there was new construction and not. And we've we've bought and sold some houses, and I have a few rentals out there. And what a what a are there a lot of agents out there? There's about eighteen hundred agents. The city size is about eight hundred thousand, and I've seen the statistics. I believe we have one of the lower ratios of agents per population. So it's a pretty good city for realtors. Cool. Do you know how many like transactions are happening in El Paso every month? Oh, good question. And I don't think I could give you a correct answer off the top of my head on that. No worries. The, as I just, as I just throw, you knew the 800 <laughs> agent stat pretty quick. So I was like, maybe I can go this whole, for a while. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Bob. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on his massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. 
Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Foss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. So you told me before we came on, you're an introvert. Yes. Means, which in my mind... My wife, my wife is, is, is an introvert where, so my definition of that is that she would, if she had the choice between going out and hanging out with people or just staying at home by herself, she would choose to stay at home by herself and actually makes her uncomfortable to go have conversations with people that she doesn't know yet. She has a tough time creating it, like being brave enough to create the initial bond. Just no problem hanging out and talking with people that she's friends with, but the creating that initial bond, she'd rather stay at home and mm-hmm. just like big parties take a lot of energy from her. So mm-hmm. my understanding of an introvert is kind of that. So they'd rather hang out by themselves because it takes a lot more effort to not. What's, would you use a different definition, similar definition? No, I agree with what you said. Uh, and introverts are people who like to, they get their energy recharging alone rather than being with big groups of people. So yeah, we do like our alone time. Doesn't mean that we're not can't be social and can't be friendly and around people, but we do like our time by ourselves too. All right. So I've got some listeners right now that have been thinking about real estate, but they have been discouraged. I even had a lady send me a message maybe two months ago. And she said, I, I can't, I'm not the person that's going to door knock. I'm not the person that's going to cold call. Like I can't do that stuff. What other, what are my options out here? So we've got some listeners saying, man, I'm not that that big outgoing person. There's people saying, I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. I can't be a real estate agent. What would you tell them? Okay. Well, I would say, first of all, surprisingly, there's a large amount of realtors who are introverts. Probably over half of them, believe it or not, are introverts. And many of the top realtors are introverts. So you can do it and you can be very, very successful. I've come to find that introverts have many, many advantages. So looking back at my career, I've strangely enough found it to be a plus and not a minus because um, I'm able to do some things and uh, generate trust with clients that a uh, more extroverted person might not be able to do as easily. So what's, a, what's an example of that? How can you generate extra trust? Okay. Well, I think a lot of people, when they first contact a realtor, or any salesperson for that matter, they're worried about that it's going to be someone high pressure, pushy, trying to talk him into buying something immediately. So I'm not that way at all. And most introverts probably are not. And when they come to meet me and talk to me, they relax more because I'm a little more low key, a little quieter. They let down their guard. They feel more comfortable around me. We're able to develop a more trusting, better relationship they tell me more what they think, what they feel about properties, and uh, just able to build trust with them a little easier and, and work together. So, and, and really bond. So, 
I think that's one strength of an introvert is the one-on-one relationships we tend to be pretty good on. I'm not so good at networking in big groups and big parties like like you mentioned earlier, but mm-hmm. one-on-one and just sitting down with one person and talking to them, very good at connecting them, making them feel important and at ease and, and relax. Yeah. The um so how do you how did you get your leads in, your, in like your first few years of real estate? Yeah. How did you get your business? Okay. Well, it's, it's changed so much over the years. Uh, it was a completely different world back in the eighties when that's, I started. That's true. Yeah. yeah. They, you probably have like five or six different timelines where you changed how you got your. Exactly. You have to, you have to be flexible and change with the times. But back when I started uh, back in those days, probably not too different from what most other people did. I would hold open houses. I would call expired listings I would do a little bit of for sale by owners. Back in those days, we had floor time where calls would come into the office. I mean, I'm going way back. These are days before cell phones. That's how ancient I I am. But calls would actually come into the office when people inquired about properties and I would get clients that way. So that's kind of where it all began. I mean, there's still hybrid hybrid versions of floor time now, but it's usually a a number that sends out the calls round robin to people or- whoever wants to, whoever's on right now to be able to answer it. So how about now? How do you get your leads now? Now, the vast majority of my business is repeat and referral business. As I mentioned before, I've become better at keeping in touch with past clients. And so I intentionally keep in touch with them year after year after year. And so that's been my main source is repeat and referral through them. Um, I don't rely on just that. I have other sources too. I've been a member of some different real estate networks that um, provide buyer and seller leads. So I've done that too, but largely past clients and referrals from them. Real Estate Rockstars, before this next commercial break, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you for listening to the commercials that we put in here. This is how we're able to push the podcast you. This is how we can make sure that we publish so much content and keep providing value. So here we go from one of our sponsors, Rent Ready. All right, guys, we got to be honest here. You've heard so many of the Rent Ready ads over the past really nine to 12 months as they've been one of our flagship sponsors for so much of the stuff that we're doing. You know, Rent Ready is a property management software, and we've told you about this truly working to elevate the entire renting experience for landlords and tenants. But this time, this isn't just a boring old podcast ad. I'm not sure how many episodes we're going to run this on, but it's not just to help you maintain and screen tenants and run leases. This podcast ad is actually a secret. So this month, Rent Ready is releasing a game-changing feature that will help you save a whole lot of time and headache when it comes to crunching numbers on your rentals. I don't even know what it is yet. They wanted me to start doing this and said, so while I can't share it yet, make sure that you stay tuned to the Rockstars podcast for that surprise reveal because we'll have it on good authority that Rent Ready will be letting our listeners know that once top secret feature is ready. So in the meantime, if you're looking to get started on Rent Ready's powerhouse of a platform, I use it for a lot of my stuff. Get signed up, save 50% off on any Rent Ready plan using our special code ROCKSTAR50. So that's 50% off any Rent Ready plan when you sign up using our code ROCKSTAR50 at rentready.com. It's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com using the code ROCKSTAR50 for 50% off any of them. And again, listeners, I got to say, 
Thank you for listening to our sponsor ads. And if you have any interest at all in trying, you know, any property management software, we appreciate it when you go check out our sponsors, especially the ones where I'm telling you about it myself. So today, today's world is different than when you started, but if there is a new agent right now that they're, uh, you know, they're an introvert, you know, they're in their first year, they're trying to figure out how to improve their business. What advice would you give them on how to go get clients? Okay. Number one, if they have a sphere of influence, people they know from the city they live in, I would let them know they're in real estate, but not to try to get business from them, not that way, but let them know that if, or ask them if they know anyone else looking to buy or sell a home to please let you know that uh, you can help them. So, and I would also visit them and drop off a little gift to them, not just call them, but just drop off a little gift say, Hey, just want you know, I'm now in real estate. If you know anyone else thinking about buying or selling a home, please let me know. So it's kind of an easy, non-threatening way to do it. And you're connecting with people that already know, like, and trust you. So that would be one, the number one thing I would recommend. Yeah. And that's an easier, it's like an easier layup, right? Like you're showing up with a gift. So everybody likes you showing up, you leave you extra business cards and say, Hey, just wanted to let you know I'm in real estate now. And so I know that you probably have, you know, friends or anything else. So if anybody tells you they're looking for an agent, please think about me and refer them. And instead of you trying to be pushy and sell them, you know, to like say, Hey, do you want to buy a house to try to be their agent? You're saying, you know, who do you have? It's a very, it's a much uh, lower pressure way to start that conversation. Right. And my favorite thing to do is Girl Scout cookies. Everybody loves Girl Scout cookies. Who wouldn't like getting, getting Girl Scout cookies dropped off for them at their house. So, and a Girl Scout cookies cost four bucks a box. That is cheap, cheap advertising. So I like to go over, visit people, ring their doorbell, give them a box of Girl Scout cookies. They're going to be happy to see you and just say, Hey, I'm just want to let you know, I'm now in real estate. If you know anyone looking to buy or sell a home, let me know. They're going to be happy to see you and, and try to pay you back for the cookies. Yeah, that is. Uh, and you're going to make a Girl Scouts day. <laughs> right. I'm the giving them some big sales. Buy, I need to buy 400 boxes of Girl Scout cookies from you. And exactly. then you get to go uh, deliver them. What a simple, inexpensive gift that people... I uh, do remember. I think that's a great idea. Girl Scout cookies, some business cards. Say, hey, I'm in real estate right now. Uh, and if you know anybody that needs an agent, let me know. Mm-hmm. The What do you think the number one way agents can succeed over the next year is? It's like a, it's a newer market. You know, People are trying to decide, you know, figure out, is the market going up? Is it not still pretty competitive? There isn't a whole lot of new stuff. I, I feel like there's a lot of markets that are slowing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give an agent that's just in general, this is how you can succeed over the next year? Okay. I think number one, listings are always the best way to focus. Now, I, I enjoy working with buyers throughout my career, but listings are the best way to focus. I always think of listings as your inventory, like you're, you're independent, you're a shopkeeper. Listings are your inventory on your shelf. If you don't have any inventory on your shelf, no one's going to come to shop in your store. So listings is where it all starts. So I would always focus on getting the listings and your sphere of influence. You always got to stay in touch with your sphere of influence past clients, but definitely go after the listings. 
So, so going after the listings, going after the sphere of influence, it's a lot easier for the people, you know, to say, Hey, have you thought about listing your home or have you thought about getting a value for your home right now? Is there any kind of pitch or slogan that you, that you give if you're trying to reach out to your sphere of influence about selling their house? Well, what I do is I just stay in touch with them. Just ask them, how are you doing? How are things going? How are you enjoying your house? Um, and then I'm, in the conversation, I might say, what are your plans for the future? Are you still enjoying your house or thinking of making any change in the future? Just real low key. I, I stay low key, low pressure and just have a conversation with people. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars listeners. This is a commercial break, but this is a quick commercial break for you guys. See, have any of you ever wanted to host your own podcast? Have any of you guys thought about launching a podcast that seemed overwhelming? Didn't quite know what to do. You know, something that we're thinking about launching right now or something that you're starting to launch right now, I don't know how many people we're going to help with, is we want to find listeners like you that want to launch their own podcast. Seemed a little bit overwhelming on what to do next. And we're going to start a service where we're going to help you guys figure out how to schedule your podcast, how to do the interviews. Our backend team will do everything that we do for the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. We will edit the show for you. We will publish it. We will help you with your social media and your images to really grow it. So I think our plan right now is you know, three or four podcasts a month or up to three or four podcasts a month. The cost will be between 500 bucks and a thousand bucks a month to help you guys publish and launch your own podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, be sure to reach out to us. Go find me on Instagram. Send me a message on there. It's at Aaron Muchistake. All right, back to the podcast. So what about, so as you're telling people, focus on the listings and that's your sphere of influence. What about if it's not your sphere of influence? Do you do any broad marketing out there? Do you do any letters, any mailers, things like that to try to get listings from people you've never met before and you don't have any ties to? I have in the past, but not not recently. I do like to get listings from people that are not in your sphere of influence. There's a, a few real estate networks that I found to be successful. Um, one is called Home Light. If I don't know if you're familiar with that, yep. but uh, they they do bring buyer and seller opportunities to you. And I've gotten a number of listings through that. And there's other similar networks that um, I've used to get business and to broaden my um, my sphere through that. And home home light, do they keep half the commission or a quarter? Of they the don't. They keep twenty five percent. Okay. So I like the networks that don't charge any money up front, but yeah, they keep a referral fee, but it doesn't cost you any money if you don't get the listing or the sale through them. Yeah. So I know Homelight does that. What's the other company that does that, that they... There's referral exchange. There's quite a few. There, there's several of them. Yeah. OpCity was another one. And right. Realtor.com ended up buying OpCity or owns OpCity now. Right. And that was right. a few ones that... Yeah. It was a really easy... It's a really easy pitch to tell people and say, hey, we're going to give you the lead. If they don't buy the house, you don't pay us anything for it. But mm -hmm. if you do end up helping them buy a house, the if they are serious, then we keep a percentage of that commission. And I think those are great ways for people that are, especially early in their real estate career right now, or maybe they don't have a giant sphere of influence. I think giving people the advice that in a market like today, focusing all of, focusing so much of your effort on trying to get more listings even right now, if you've been a buyer's agent all the way, trying to make a transition to commit for a little while, like, hey, how much, like work really hard, what could it take to get a listing? Because just by getting a listing, you end up getting more business anyway, right? Just like you said, right. it's your inventory, it's, it's your way to get other things. And I think there are probably a lot of agents out there that just haven't tried yet or haven't intentionally tried to transition from being 
a buyer's agent to a listing agent. So the uh, so what excites you the most about real estate right now? Well, the the price is going up so much. When I go on listing appointments now, everybody is so happy. Everyone's making so much money selling their house, and that's been a a nice change. So that's what I've really enjoyed is making all my sellers' day on how much money they're making. Yeah, you. I mean, if you've been an agent for thirty six years, that means you were an agent. The in, in 2005, when people were excited mm-hmm. like this, you were an agent in 2009 when the world was falling apart and mm-hmm. houses were dropping in price every week or 2012, 2013, where people just had to work, but there weren't that many agents. Man, there are so many seasons in there. So you've seen a lot of ups and downs. What is your prediction for real estate values right now? Like your, your crystal ball, nobody gets to hold you to it, but just deep down, are you feeling like prices are going to keep going up? Are you feeling like prices have peaked? Are you feeling like there's going to be a a crash like we've seen before anytime soon? No, I don't think there's going to be a crash. I think it's going to level off. I think we're starting to see signs of that. We're getting a lot of activity on houses, but not the frenzy that we had like three, four months ago. So I think it's going to level off. I, I, I see prices stabilizing really next year. Yeah. So let's see what else. So you've got a podcast. Yes, right sir. Now. What's the name of your podcast? It's called The Real Estate Unsalesperson. And what, is it, what does that mean? What's the unsalesperson? Well, it's for unsalesy people. A lot of realtors aren't real pushy or salesy people. It's for unsalesy people or introverts in real estate. And we talk about how you can be successful at real estate being that way and and actually you have tremendous advantages of being an introvert or unsalesy. So we go over the positives of that. Yeah. the um, That's awesome. So and how do people find that show? It's available on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you might listen to podcasts. All right. And what's your last word of advice you would give for anybody that's either in real estate right now or thinking about becoming a real estate agent? I would say it's a great career. As I've said, I kind of fell into it by accident, but it's been a fantastic career because you can create your own success. There's no limit to how well you can do. And you just have to be creative and work hard at it. And it's always interesting, always changing, but there's there's no limit to how well you can do. Very cool, Barry. People are going to reach out to you. They're going to have questions. They're going to want to know about your systems or try to get on your other podcasts. What's the best way people can find you? They can go to the contact page at the real estate unsalesperson.com. Very good. The Barry, the I love getting to hear your perspective that the what some people might think is a weakness, right? Some people may say, I'm an introvert. This is a weakness. I can't be a salesperson. And you're saying that is one of your strengths. And that's been one of the things that's helped you stand apart. Exactly. It's a strength. So no need to feel sorry for yourself or feel that you can't do it or wish you were different. You can do it just as you are and be very successful. Yeah. So listeners out there, if you just graduated from college and the, you're thinking about that other career or you're thinking about being an agent, you know, Barry has, ta- has taught us that it's never too late to be an agent, that you can totally change your mind whenever. And it worked out for him. And if you're one of those introverts that says real estate is not for me, or for that matter, any weakness. We've had the same. Pe- we've had people on here saying they were too young and that was a weakness and have to turn that into a strength. We've had agents be told they're too old and they get to turn that into a strength. There are so many pros and cons to everything. This business is so diverse that any weakness that you have can end up being your strength. 
if you get to hone in on it. So I love that Barry got to talk about that today. I'm going to go listen to Barry's podcast. I'm going to go hear more examples of how there are agents out there that aren't very salesy succeeding uh, out there. So Barry, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Aaron. You got a great podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks for listening. Until next time. All right, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.